the world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Live from the Infinity Festival 2019, this is Christina Heller, and I'm here with Jeff Stanzler, Teek Van Mock, and BJ Schwartz. Uh, this morning we are talking about virtual and augmented reality, my favorite, and we are talking about its ability to change hearts and minds. So now it's the time where I look over at the cool producer guy and I say, let's turn down this fun music so we can start chatting. <laughs> <laughs> You're very good at this. Oh, thank you. I did a radio show in college. I guess so. Um, (laughs) I can tell. Yes. So, so, So VR and AR, you know, it's often been called the empathy machine. There's a lot of buzzwords around its ability to affect someone's consciousness or, or their being. Um, I wanted to start by asking, you know, it's, it's often one of those things that's hard to talk about, much easier to show. But if there was, if, if we could begin by talking about some VR AR experiences that you think really hit the mark in terms of, you know, changing, changing the way you felt about something or making a deep impact. I, I mean, the first thing that occurs to me and it's kind of consistent throughout, uh, there's, uh, a lot of work that's been done, particularly about, I mean, it's amazing how much, I, it's such a, a I'm circling around the drain here, but the, uh, the refugee crisis and refugee issues around the globe have been, as they are, one of the most profoundly important and emotional issues of our day, have really translated to VR a number experiences of VR, a, a number of VR experiences, and, um, yeah. And I would say that uh, some of the reporting out of Syria um, and the sense of being with children in a bombed out village and actually sitting around when they do anything from hacky sacking to just enjoying each other's company in the midst of horrors. Yeah. um, The the sense of presence that gives, it's impossible then to then feel that this is some problem for other people million thousands of miles away. And are you talking about a specific piece right now? Well, there's so many. There's a lot of VR refugee pieces, you know, just to give a couple of examples. Yeah. There's some New York Times or pieces that have been incredible. And I can't remember the name. Well, I, 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 what what comes to mind immediately, two pieces that both dealt with these issues were clouds over Sidra and the key clouds over Sidra was a groundbreaking early VR piece that was made by, uh, under the guise of, uh, under the the umbrella of Chris Milk and, and made by Gabo and, and Barry Pusa. Right. Uh, they actually went to a, a refugee camp in, um, I believe, well, Sidra, and they, and then, and it's a beautiful 360 video where they take you through the eyes of, of a young child there, through what their day is like, and um, I, I mean, I came out of the headset with tears in my eyes because, and and the same with the key. I don't want to give too much yeah. away because it's it, it, it's a very different it's, a, it's an abstract yeah. piece, but. One of the things that VR can really do, it's, it's very different when you're looking at a, a framed you know, experience on a TV or a computer that is detached from you. You are a passive observer. When you're inside of a VR headset, it's a sensory deprivation and sensory replacement experience. And now, whatever direction I look, it's like I'm really there. And, and in, in the case of a cinematic piece like Clouds Over Sidra, uh, I'm looking at real, a real place. I'm not right. looking at someone's imagined version of that and it if you've never been which which i haven't it's deeply impactful and it really makes it makes it all all that more real yeah yeah 
I'm trying to remember the one I saw um, about the female soldiers, I think also in Syria. Also by the Celine Tricard. Sun, yeah, right. yeah. Sun Ladies. Mm. Sun Ladies. Mm. Sun Ladies, yeah. yeah. Very, uh, and, and again, it, it, you, you, I guess we mostly see female soldiers in fantasy movies. And then suddenly here, and you're like, oh, okay, somebody hired these women and trained them. And, and then you sort of transition to, oh, no, this is, this is a somebody put a camera down. Right. And this is something going on that I, I, I couldn't even imagine. Right. And these are, I mean, that piece is about Kurdish fighters, women who are fighting for, I mean, the mm. most desperately needed basic freedoms, mm. including bodily integrity from ISIS. Um, and I would dare anyone who's seen that movie to feel fine with us abandoning the Kurds, for instance. So mm. speaking Agreed. of talks and Agreed. hearts and minds, it's so a hugely important thing. So how, having, having done a VR experience that would fall into the category of documentary, how does that compare to watching a documentary film? What do you think are the kind of biggest differences of those two experiences? Um, you know, going back to what you like. The experience, even my f very first, even 360 experience, not even a VR experience, was uh, Chris Milk's um, uh, Evolution, of Earth? Evolution of Earth, yeah. um, which I think was the majority of people's first 360 experience. And I remember just thinking it was so powerful because um, I know that he's described it as like a dream that he's had and, um, and feeling like you have just entered somebody's dream and feeling that you could share your dream and this very abstract uh like kind of space of of almost like rebirth um it i felt that w like the feeling of like the the power that it has to show someone's imagination mm -hmm. i think is really powerful definitely and i would i would say that um there's there are allied things about different that documentary VR can do that filmic VR can't, and it's one, uh, the sense of presence. Mm -hmm. And again, mm -hmm. like that, again, it's so different to be standing in a bombed-out village in in the headset um, than to see footage of it. Um, it's just a, it's wildly different. And allied to that, and it brings up another, probably the other most emotional piece for me that I've ever seen, uh, what, which is traveling while black, um, and it's. In, in that piece, which is broken down between historical, historical recreations and people telling their stories in a diner as a group, um, the, the sense of presence becomes something much more. It becomes kinship mm -hmm. with the people around you. And to, without being, I mean, it's an amazing thing because it's, it's a group of African-American people talking to each other about experiences that we don't have access to. And we get to be a fly on the wall without also being a white person sitting there. Like, you know, in a sense. And it ultimately feels like you're sharing, you're part of a sharing, even if you're not sharing. Mm -hmm. You're part of a sharing that you couldn't see if you were sitting there. You would change it. If there was a white person sitting there at this point, you know. And, and, and it builds a sense of, kin like, now I know if, if my friends were talking about this experience, what it would feel like. And that changes the way you think about all of what these people have been through. Absolutely. And if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you have the opportunities to see Traveling While Black, yeah. I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. it. It was one of the most impactful VR pieces I think I've ever seen. Uh, made by Felix and Paul and debuted this past Sundance. Yeah. Uh, absolutely beautiful Stunning. filmmaking. I mean, just even yeah. taking away the, 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 the artistry in terms of, uh, you know, making somebody, giving someone access to something they wouldn't have access to. It was also just a beautifully yeah. executed 360 piece. Yeah. It's one of the most cinematic things I've seen in VR for sure. I mean, 
So Jeff, you you've actually made you made a piece that we just were talking about state power. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, what made you decide to to choose virtual reality as the medium to to tell your story? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was kind of an organic, uh, spontaneous thing, and maybe just because, as you can imagine, uh, I'm a bit terrified of the moment. Mm. Um, and terrified of our current political, system, political, you know, yeah. environmental. It's not, it's <laughs> not, yeah. not right here, not this, not the camera. I find tea quite threatening. <laughs> yeah, <though. I> do <laughs> too. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of feel that you're in the band on the Titanic, mm-hmm. and you're trying to think, you know, all right, well, what do we play? Uh, because we're definitely taking on water. I don't know if we've hit the big iceberg yeah. yet, but we definitely hit mm-hmm. some small ones. And then somebody comes into the show, the band, that, hey, we, we found these things in this crate. It's an electric guitar, you know. So we don't, you know, not, don't know how to play it, mm-hmm. but what are you going to play? Right. Well, is it, is it possible we just know more? I mean, not, not that I want to go off on a tangent, <laughs> but is it possible that just because of the Internet and because of the fact that everybody has cell phones now, it's not that I've, I've heard this argument that it might not actually be worse out there than it ever was before. We just are so much more aware of the atrocities and injustices that are happening around the world and so therefore we are kind of more I think that's I think that's part of it yeah uh, because you know when I was a teenager I didn't you know right. know where Syria was on a map yeah um, but I do think when you and now we're going there in VR I mean now we're going right? there in VR and you know mm-hmm. now we have you know a, a million people uh, in prison camps in eastern China and you know, an open air prison. And I we would just argue know, and, and then we know about it. So that's the. It's we, like the we we can't escape it anymore. Whereas you know, back in the day, there were still. I mean, governments and and wars. I mean, that that's been going on since. Yeah, but I think I think we've reached a level where where uh, we're not shocked by things, mm. and we get over them very quickly. Mm. I mean, you know, a year ago, uh, me and and Lauren and a bunch of people were protesting because there were kids in cages at the border and we get god you know what kind yeah. of country do we live in where this is happening yeah. and now we're like i guess they're still there i suppose or what's going on with them yeah well and, uh, i mean look, yeah, i think we get we get acclimated to it and so when i first tested vr i thought well this is a way you can shake people mm-hmm. yeah. and you know when this story came to to all of us that are working on it i thought well why don't we shake them in a new way and try and use the technology in tandem with this political storyline to, to maybe uh, uh, start a conversation. Well, a little bit like we has. just <laughs> we just had a really interesting conversation. <laughs> I, I kind of heard off at the side. Yeah. So so yeah, it was uh, um, a little bit of artistic curiosity and a little bit of desperation. So. <laughs> so one of the Sounds I wanna, like life. I want to I want to <laughs> actually talk to Teak now about mm-hmm. Grisai. So this is a very different piece. Grisai was at Sundance 2019. Teak is the the creator of that piece. It is it is not political, but it definitely had I think a lot of effect on people's hearts and minds. Can you kind of describe the piece for um, for people listening who maybe not didn't get a chance to see it? Yeah. So it's um it's an installation that involves it's a two part installation that takes place. Half of it is in a headset. And the other half is, um, well, okay, so the first part of it, inside of the headset, it's completely isolated experience. And in the same that way that you were trying to capture imprisonment, I, I really focused on that um, idea of isolation within the medium and the fact that you don't have a body, the absence of the self 
and what it would feel like to just even enter the mind of somebody else. And in this case, it was, I wanted to use virtual reality to express my reality of my honest, uh, as true as I could of the way I see the world and focus through, through on art. Yeah. yeah, through art and very specific sensations. And I've been painting my whole life. And it was, this has been an outlet to kind of shift, not only just by using uh, time and space to control the environment, but how you could immerse somebody into the feeling of shifting from the idea of the individual self into the sense of the collective self. Mm -hmm. And so you travel through, um, it begins literally with me, as the artist, then you're entering the paintings that the artist has created and into this much more spatial space with full of symmetry that is uh, removed of the material body. And so um, after you travel through the headset experience, you take it off, you go through another hallway, and now I, the physical version of me is there, the real me, and as you walk in, I trace you into this collective painting. And then I show, so you get to become a part of this image. And then I show you all of the other hundreds of people that I painted. So I ended up painting 223 people at Sundance. And it was, um, I like, so at the very end, when I'm in the room with you, um, you're watching, you're actually in the room with a projection of all the other people who have shared this experience. And I wanted that feeling of collective, uh, collectedness, you know, um, of feeling as if you um, were what it feels like with, with outside of this material self. So as somebody who did Grisai, I can tell you that when, when she... When after she drew me and she pulled me out, I burst into tears. Mm. I <laughs> burst into tears, and so this is a and and as I described it, this is a completely nonlinear. Uh, it doesn't have a you know, it's not a narrative. It's, it's, yeah, it's there's an, no it's, words. It's, it, there's no words. It's an emotional experience, and I think for me. Um, do you mind if I kind of talk yeah, about my please. experience going <laughs> through it? So you know, when I went in and I first go into the headset and I see volumetric teak um i see teak she's the artist and then i and then we go into her mind and i'm i'm now completely immersed in in teak's emotional and and artistic life and therefore she kind of became elevated in my mind there's a lot of um, self-portraits in there so teak gets this like elevated status the artist you know and then i take off the headset i turn the corner and wow and i kind of even knew how it was it didn't change the fact that wow there she is, right in front of me, the artist that I've put on this pedestal. And then, silently, she, with her, with her VR uh, controller, controller. Uh, she, the first thing she does is she kneels down to paint my feet. And so there's this moment where she's, like, bowing to me, and I'm just so humbled. That this, I've already I've had this amazing experience. I put her on a pedestal, and now she's bowing to me? To me? Why? And then, she, you know, it's this in, very intimate feeling of her tracing my body, and so that's this really intense experience. Meanwhile, music by Joel Duac, mm -hmm. you know, like a wow. like a like a Who's cinematic that? orchestra, <laughs> like a good. cinematic <laughs> orchestra, like you know, mm -hmm. all around me. And so you have this intimate experience where this amazing artist is giving you this this pr very personal, you know, sketch. And then and then it's only when she pulls it out and you see the bodies of everyone else 
it's just there is just it's just a powerful emotional experience and um, and it was it, I do think you achieved your goal you know I think in the end I felt kind of more I felt closer to you and also more tied to you know all of the various incarnations of humans that you know happened to go through that experience or happened to exist yeah. in the world I so. really wanted to focus on how intimate the technology could be truly bring us together like how it gives us this portal into each other Mm -hmm. and um that's why i wanted it to remain like uh one-on-one um to uh show how the the relationship of the virtual and the physical world can work together to like bring us closer together Mm -hmm. totally so, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about virtual reality, but this is also, I would love to open the conversation up to augmented rea- reality. Do you think that augmented reality has the same ability as VR to shift hearts and minds? I, and and maybe, you can, maybe if somebody wants to just explain the difference between AR and VR in case somebody doesn't know what, those, what that terminology means. Um, augmented reality is um, this reality, or like, the shared reality that we have populated with um, uh, graphical images that you can place into this reality. So it's it's like a... Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's basically a, taking the uh, virtual objects and putting it in our actual exactly. physical reality versus VR, which VR, is a totally which is sensory right. Completely entire immersion. I, I say to my students, Pokemon Go, and they're like, oh, okay. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. In, in the like, grossest <laughs> terms, like the the the... The future of AR that many people foresee is clear glasses that can project yeah, like into glasses. the world yeah. uh, physical objects that, if you turn your head, they stay where they are. So it is actually an augmentation of the world as opposed to you're putting on something that's completely occluding your vision and you have a new world presented to mm-hmm. you. So what do you think? I mean, I mean, VR definitely has been proven to, to have you know, a strong effect on people's emotions and minds, but do you think AR can also have that same effect? Well, I think AR is going to change the way that we see the world, periods. I mean, once, if, if what I suspect is going to happen is going to happen, it's going to be as pervasive or more pervasive than our cell phones. And yeah. the, the danger to me, um, I mean, uh, the, the benefits are so myriad and we sh- they should be discussed be- before saying the danger because it's, it's well, kind of a we've scare gone into tactic. That quite but, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. but I mean, the danger is that everyone will live in their own. Uh, we got some sort of buzz, <laughs> everyone will live in their own chosen world. I mean, one of the, the you know, you can imagine a world yeah. in which you could choose that you don't want to be walking around in a house with your wife. You'd right. rather she looked like. Yeah, mute her. Yeah, you could mute. <laughs> right, well, that's right. That's There's a, bl- a black mirror where that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you could you could literally, you know, you can have. Erase certain. You know, uh, if, yeah, if your wife and you can't agree on the couch being red, um, her contacts could make it blue. Okay, right. well, once we get there, at first it's convenient, but then after a while, you, you might begin to realize that we I'm no not living in the same reality. world. We're not having a yeah. shared reality anymore. And mm-hmm. that's scary. I mean, I it is. I haven't had a powerful effect with augmented experience yeah. because, and I think it's also because it's, um, you're still, you, I think with VR, it's so contained mm-hmm. and it, and oddly enough, even though it is another piece of technology we're putting on, it's to me it's absent of distractions. Right. You know, right. um, whereas augmented reality is extremely distracting to me. And I think I that I think it's a techno- technological point. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, right now we're still in. I think 
the juxtaposition of the graphic with reality mm -hmm. adds to that. It's not quite uncanny valley-ness thing, but it's the not believable thing. Mm -hmm. So that I think it's still emotionally a harder pull to get somebody to be emotionally affected by it right now. Yeah, well. I mean, that, that said, I mean, uh, when you're buying a bottle of wine, the idea you can look at the label and, you know, meet the... Uh, the man who grew the grapes, oh, and he can amazing, tell you the story. Yeah. And, and I'll also <laughs> make a, I'll make a, I'll make a little bit of a, I'll, I'll go my in the pro camp of augmented reality and tie it to spatial computing. I, I am excited about spatial computing. Yeah. I, I feel that in spatial computing is the idea of breaking free from the frame of our laptop and being able to now place digital objects in in the spatial world around. I would like to put you know recipes in my kitchen, and I would like to put the movies that I want to watch by my television and my to-do list, you know, my bathroom mirror when I wake up. The fact that I have all of my important digital items just crammed into my laptop and phone is a, mm -hmm. is a constant source of frustration for yes, me. Definitely. So, so I I, I think it's, it, you know what, it's technology, right? It's a tool. You can be used right. for good or bad. If people can't control their ability to, um, you know, socialize appropriately while using it, you know, that's something we're going to have to deal with as, an, as a group. But we've already seen, you know, how cell phones have affected it. It's, mm. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing. Like, I, I don't, right now, I don't think that, I think it's a harder pull to get somebody to change a heart with it because again it's exactly that, but except for the fact that you know i, I, know. I do volumetric <laughs> capture right and volumetric right. is used for ar all the time yeah you know being able to capture you know michelle obama and have it and have it seem like she is actually looking at you and having a real conversation yes. with you could be very powerful i think that the, the thing is that we're just at such an early nascent well, stage of it we yeah. haven't yeah. seen a lot thing, of good yeah. stuff yeah, yet yeah. so you know or, I, or a lot of very bad stuff yeah, and, and, yeah. i mean i mean bad in in augmented reality with evil intent. Sure. And, oh, yeah, and, no, we haven't you know, seen that. Yeah. And, and I, I got to think it's coming bo in both virtual oh. and augmented. Yeah. Well, people are com complex, right? We are both good and bad, and, and with the, it's all about the way we use our tools. You yeah. know, these are just tools, and so hopefully we can change the hearts and minds to encourage people to use these things for good versus their mm -hmm. no more nefarious you know, potential use cases, which are, which are real. We got, we got to wrap it up, but if you wanted to make one, one like comment about, you know, your, your view, do you think that augmented and virtual reality is going to make people better, worse, or the same? Um, what fear, what, the fear that I have, and I'm seeing it happen right now, because I, I have such a strong um, relationship to paintings, mm -hmm. like paintings in a museum, and what I'm seeing is a lot of curators are just like saying, oh, download this app and now you can see the Mona Lisa smile or something. Right. And that I, I think there's a really big problem with that in terms of art, because now you're asking someone to look at a phone rather than the painting. And you're also changing the narrative of what that artist was ever trying to do. They, were, they didn't live in a time period when we had augmented reality. And I think it's abusive mm -hmm. to, like, to play with that part of history mm -hmm. and trying to distract us with the cell phone in front of it. And yeah. th that's a problem I have. Quick last comments, BJ, Jeff? Right. I, but I, uh, on the other hand, I think that you know, carrying around an augmented piece that can show you more detail without having to work at it about the painting without disrupting the painting mm -hmm. can be an amazing yeah. thing. So, I mean, well, if you're seeing 
you know, a, a historical piece that, you know, next, if you choose to see, you know, what, what were the, what were the people working with in that day and age, you know, like appear like this is, this is the, the type of canvas and this is the type of, I mean, con contextualization can be amazing. Right, and right. But well, yeah. as long as it's yeah. not, I mean, if it's not attacking. It's distracting well, from right. the <laughs> yeah. art itself. Well, speaking of distracting, we got that music <laughs> telling us this is almost done. It's been a pleasure talking yeah. with you guys this morning. Thank Great you. Talk to you. Yeah. Yeah.